I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. And welcome to the Modes of Mouth podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, helping to raise awareness and help find a cure. Thanks to our partnership, we've been able to create a short series of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. You can hear these stories, including the Williams F1 team's planning director, Richard Jones, right now on your chosen podcast. Player. The charity work all year round to help develop research and raise awareness, and this October sees the return of the Brain Tumor Charity's most beloved community event, the Twilight Walk. You can join them remotely this autumn to cover 10 kilometers, 40 kilometers, 130 kilometers, or your very own distance to raise money and take strides towards a cure. Moving about is well known for boosting our well-being, and you can complete your walk bit by bit or all in one go as a team or by yourself at home or indoors. So visit www.thetwilightwalk.com to sign up and start your fundraising challenge. A huge thank you for your support. If you can donate anything, you can do that through the motormouth.club website or through the Brain Tumor Charity Direct. And together, we can help every single person affected by a brain tumor. It's season nine, and we're really excited to be teaming up with Roading Cars. Based in New Zealand, but with a new HQ open in Donington Park in the UK, owning the Roden FZ gives you the keys to experience a whole new level of driving performance. A supercar like no other, giving you the chance to feel pure driving pleasure. Designed for easy maintenance, you could own the F1 lifestyle and strive for that perfect lap time with the Roden FZ. There's plenty of purchasing options, including after-sale partnerships, where your Roden FZ is looked after on and off track by an official Formula Racing team, storage and exclusive track access to Roden's very own circuit in New Zealand. With Roden and the Roden FZ, you experience so much more than just owning an open-wheel high-performance supercar. For more information on Roden and how you can get involved, visit roden-cars.com. Hello, Tim Sylvie here. Now, our guest today hails from Kings Langley, which... Did you know Harry Benjamin is the birthplace of Ovaltine? I don't know if you remember Ovaltine. It's like this multi-drink which was founded in 1913. There were seven founding employees, but by 1950, it had over 1,400 staff before sadly closing in 2002. Did you also know that King's Landley was the original burial site of King Richard II's body until it moved to Westminster Abbey? The very first Duke of York, which is really hard to say without doing that song in your head, Edmund Langley still remains in the memorial chapel at the Church of All Saints in the village. And the reason King's Landley is called King's Landley is that the Queen built a hunting palace on a hill way back when. It had its own settlement with its own deer park. As ownership of it changed, so too did its name. And by 1282, it was Langley Regina or Queen's Langley in honour of the Queen at the time. And as time went by, Queen's were succeeded by King's and it settled on King's Landley. Didn't you bet you didn't know that? But, Harry... Can you tell me which global sports superstar who competes in just a pair of shorts and some gloves went to school in King's Landley? In just a pair of shorts and some gloves? Think about it. In King's Langley. Oh, he's from, they're from there. Is that what the question is? They Sorry. went to school in King's Landley. Who went to school in King's Landley? He's a global sports superstar. 
and he just wears shorts and a pair of gloves. I, uh, I feel like I'm going to... Oh, I hate these questions because I never... Do you give up? Yeah, I've got no idea. I've actually got no idea. Anthony Joshua. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have even guessed that, to be honest. So AJ went to King's Nanley School. Um, he's held the WBF, IBF, WBO and IBO titles and has beat some of the heavyweight greats. Anyway, that's a shameful... You know, actually, shame- just off that, you know, I met him once, actually. And this is a good segue into our thing, just quickly, because once, back in the day when I was uh, the, the lowest of the low doing running and, and interning, I, I was at Silverstone with BBC Radio 5 Live and Anthony Joshua was there on the grid. And I was next to um, Jenny Gow, who just finished interviewing him. And he looked at me and he, he's like, oh, you're right, mate. And he fist bumps me. Mm. But I go, I go in with the handshake oh. and he's there with the fist. <laughs> and then it's an awkward last minute. <laughs> no, OK, fist bump. I there we go. Oh. So I've gone, I've gone fist to fist with Anthony Joshua. I well, can say that. I have too. I've actually held his belts. I went to his, uh, his fight in Saudi against uh, Ruiz, which he won the second time of asking. And uh, I've got a picture of me with all, all four of his belts. Super cool. He's a really nice Ooh. bloke. Massive. Anyway, shall I introduce today's guest? I think we better get on with it, yeah. So today we're joined by Jack Nichols. Jack started his ascent to motorsport fame by marshalling on the banks of the UK's race circuits before finding a route into commentary. His big break came in 2011 when he landed the role of commentator in F2 before moving around GTs, the Olympics, Formula One and BBC Radio 5 Live. And of course, leading the charge... In Formula E. See what I've done there? It's clever. We're here to hear about his life, opinions, fears and goals. Jack Nichols, welcome to the Motorbike Podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Hello, Mr Nichols. Yes, an absolute pleasure to finally get you on. Um, so where are you at the moment? Are you Kings Langley still or have you moved yeah. past just new? No, 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 no. I, uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I, moved, I moved around a bit as a kid, so this is now where I live. And uh, it's very nice. And all those facts are, are true. Yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah. well, what was it like then growing up in that in that area? When when was motorsport sort of on your peripheries? Was it always there, or did you have some eureka moment? Well, so I grew up in the Midlands. I was born and grew up in the Midlands, and um, I just started watching F one with my dad. You know, same old story as everybody, <laughs> and uh, and then I really liked F one. Got hooked on it. And then that was that, really. And then I was then I was sort of obsessed from from there on in. And then my family moved to Norfolk, and so um, grew up there from when I was twelve. And then I did yeah, like just always was really into into Formula One specifically. I didn't really get into any other motorsport till about I would say about two thousand two ish when I was about twelve, and uh, I got into British touring cars. And then still, that was kind of it. Like the weird thing when I look back now, I had no idea who Lewis Hamilton was when he joined Formula One. When, you know, you found out, and it was before the internet as well, of course, properly. And I remember going into the local shop and seeing this newspaper and it was like, Lewis Hamilton joins McLaren. I've not heard of this guy in my life, which now when you've heard of every British driver in the, in the you know, junior categories is a bit mad really to yeah. think how, uh, uh, narrow-minded isn't the right word, but, you know, focused the world of motorsport is on Formula One. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the first race you actually went to as a live spectator? Yeah, it was the 1997 British Grand Prix qualifying. So my uncle used to work for someone and got us tickets or something. And so we went to the 97 British Grand Prix qualifying. And then I didn't go to another motor race until the 2004 British Grand Prix and it was around it was around 2004 and 2005 I started going to uh, British touring car races at, at Snetterton. Was there ever a point where you thought or did you kind of find it a bit too late in life you know trying to actually race or were you always more I'll just talk about it instead? It's there, it's, there's, there's no option to race is there like that's <laughs> like that's the biggest thing with with motorsport there's absolutely zero option to <laughs> race you can go down the go-kart track and pay 20 quid for 20 minutes, which is, you know, your, 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 your weeks, you know, does your parents budget for the week on entertaining the kids goes in, goes in one go. So actually racing never even crossed my mind because it's just impossible. Now you obviously didn't start just, you know, you didn't get a big break in the sense of straight into formula one or anything like that. You had to cut your teeth somewhere. What was your story? Where did you first get your opportunity to, um, to talk alongside a race? So 
I always wanted to be a commentator since I was like six or seven. And I would I would make, you know, preseason guides and like, you know, those um, like ITVF1 preseason guides. I would basically make one of those for myself. And because, you know, draw all the helmets and the cars and the liveries and stuff very poorly. But, you know, uh, that's what I like to do. In fact, I probably made more notes then than I do now, which is quite bad. But uh, I was I always wanted to be a commentator. And um, then I got into sim racing when I was 18, because that's what you get into when you're 18, isn't it? Sim racing, not drinking or partying. Anyway, um, and uh, in that they had they needed commentators basically for uh, for some of these races that were broadcast. So I started doing that, and then I thought, oh well, this is actually quite fun. And I'd started marshalling as well because again, what cool kid doesn't do that when they're eighteen? And uh, when I was marshalling, I um, there were commentators on the you know the tannoy, and I thought, well, actually that sounds more fun because you're inside and not getting soaked. And I presumed it was voluntary as well as marshalling but actually they uh give you a hundred quid and you're like i'll take that you know you're a uni student and then you get a hundred quid and you're like, it's unbelievable yeah and uh so that was it i started doing it at race circuits and so the first one i did was um with a man called chris hartley who does the uh i don't know what he does now actually he does dtm he, i think now does he still do dtm yeah he does the trackside stuff for the british touring cars still i did i couldn't remember if he still did dtm or not but he's a lovely man and um he let me commentate on a formula ford 1600 race at uh, a brscc meeting at mallory park which martin galpin won and that was on the 26th of july 2009 and that was my first sort of real commentary do you think you're um it will, we'll come on to how you got into Formula One and Formula E a little bit later. But do you think your sort of style has changed over the years? Or did, I guess you hone it, but do you think the way you actually present the information has changed? Uh, overall, I would say not. Overall, there's a very interesting, on, on, the, on the YouTube, there's my first ever live TV commentary, and it was also... Jolian Palmer's first ever live TV commentary, and it's the two of us together. And I haven't listened back to it actually since uh, for a long time. But I would I would guess it's kind of similar. And um, I think I am less serious now. I'm more myself now than 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 I was before. But I think I've always just done, well. Here's the thing: because I started doing it when I was six, like not taking the Mickey, like I would have 20 cars on i used to have these rolls and rolls of like uh vinyl flooring from when we had the kitchen done and it was like vinyl and then it like rolled up and i would have about five or six rolls in my bedroom against the wall each about i don't know sort of a meter by a meter maybe and they had tracks drawn on them and i'd draw the tracks on and then i'd race my little cars around and um this was not 18. This was like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. this was like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Precious week and, and uh, you were doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was sim racing during Precious week. There's no doubt about that. And, um, but, uh, yeah, so I'd be commentating. So when I started commentating and then I would commentate on my own races on, um, uh, F1 2002 and stuff like that. I'd always turn the commentary off on FIFA and do it myself. And, so people would be like, oh, you sound like you've been doing it, you know, your whole life. It's like, well, yeah. No, I have. Yeah. Literally have, yeah. 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 So I don't think I've changed too much. Well, probably since I was eight, but overall since I sort of started, I think I've always known what I wanted a commentary to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think the, the having listened to so much, you know, so many different commentators as well over the last however many years it's been that I've watched motorsport, the style I think is also kind of, changed overall in terms of it's become a bit more conversational and, and mm-hmm. a bit more you know less this is this is obviously it's still important and it's still serious but at the same time it's you know everyone's here to watch and be entertained and have a bit of fun and so you want to kind of bring that kind of to the party as well um going up through the ranks though the f2 was obviously quite a big thing for you getting that what was that like <laughs> uh it was great it was it was it was really um weird i was at uh 
so before then I had been doing the, the track stuff and then I'd done some Mazda MX-5 commentary, like post-produced highlights uh, with a man called Ian Soman, who I owe a lot to as well. And um, then I was going through the an airport, at Luton Airport, and I got a phone call from, you know, an unknown number. Hello, hello, it's Jonathan Palmer here. And you're like, wow. obviously, no, it's not. And uh, But it was. And he asked me to just do four minutes or the first race at Silverstone and see how it goes. And so, again, I owe him a, him a lot. And it became about because I went to school with Jolien's girlfriend at the time. And so they, I, I don't actually know how it actually came about, but it, I'm presuming they were sitting around the dinner table one night and Jonathan was like, oh, I need a commentator because Formula 2 had just left Eurosport. Oh, I need a commentator. And I presume that this uh, girl has gone, oh, I'm friends with a guy on Facebook who keeps doing yeah. this commentary stuff. Oh, have a look. And then... That's it. So that's why that's why the world is nuts. Yeah, I mean, they, they let any Tom, Dick, and Harry do F two commentary these days, don't they, Harry? I mean, that, yeah, you yeah. Know, any any riff raff they just drag in off the street. Um, I, I'm doing it in injustice, obviously. And for our listeners <laughs> who don't know, Harry has dabbled in F two and F three commentary. So uh, there you go. I'll blow a little bit of smoke up your ass. It's not going to happen again. I, I owe a lot to COVID. Um, yeah, that really, uh, that really. Yeah. <laughs> presented the opportunity <laughs> were you were you nervous in that first live broadcast did you think shit what is about to happen i don't as a rule i don't get nervous until like well as a rule i don't get nervous i never yeah. feel nerves honestly and unless it's a big thing and then when it's a big thing i only feel it at the last second so the best way I can equate it is like getting your exam results. I would be fine. I'd be chilled. Let's go into school, get exam results. You'd in the queue and you'd pick up your envelope and you'd just be sliding your finger into that top bit of the envelope. And I'd suddenly be like, Oh God. Yeah. Oh, this is where, this is where it all matters. And it's all important, you know? And you're like, why haven't I been nervous about this? <laughs> why, what, why didn't I try? And then all of that thing happens. And then, <laughs> You open it and yeah. then you've got what you've got and then it's not too bad. But yeah, so that first Formula 2 race at Silverstone, my brain just went to like, I still remember it really clearly. And my brain just went to sort of cotton wool and it was just like stuffed full of nothingness. <laughs> and the first few minutes must have just been terrible and then sort of settled down and, and there no, we were go. Were you on your own for it or did you? No, I was with Jolien. So, but he'd never done anything either. So that was, that was. Blind you know, leading the blind. Yeah, exactly. Great lot of use he was. And um, so, yeah. So no, but there's very few times I get, I don't get nervous in commentary anymore at all. Uh, it's only when I'm doing something a bit weird, like presenting, like when I'm hosting like the, um, I didn't actually have it this year in Berlin, but that when when I host the end of season Formula E awards, as an example, when you're about to go up on stage there in front of like quite a big venue and thousands of, I find that quite nerve wracking. But but commentary has no. I, nerves I mean, all, it's yeah. it's your job at the end of the day, isn't it? And, and I suppose you've done it so often now that the nerves don't really come into the equation. I, I'm sort of the same. I I don't get nervous about things a bit like you until the last minute. If if even then, the only time I did, I don't know whether you did too, Harry, was when we had Rosberg on, and I was a bit like, oh shit, this is a this is a big cheese, and and because he was a little bit awkward at the beginning, it made it did it did make me go a bit a bit weird. Yeah, he didn't want to talk about his F1 career either, which made it a bit awkward. But uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I was nervous for Rosberg and also David Coulthard, funnily yeah. enough. Um, because when he joined us on his Zoom, it looked like he was just joining us from some sort of throne area that in his office. <laughs> but I get, I get, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm still new or whatever, but I still get, I get very nervous. Like, not right in the build-up, but certainly like, the night before, I'll have my stomach will be oh, doing the night before, it. really? I'll, wow. be, I'll be the night before, because I'll be stressing. Like, when I got the F2, the, especially the F2 this year call-up, just do one-off race, I felt so so many nerves, because I only got the call on the Friday afternoon. Mm. And I was like, I, didn't, I don't know... Yeah, I've watched it, obviously, but I don't know it as in-depth as a commentator needs to know it. So I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to be... Oh, I'm going to absolutely balls this up. I'm going to be so nervous. I'm going to get the driver wrong. And people... <clears throat> excuse me, people slate you on Twitter, don't they? Because if, if oh, they're yeah. watching F2, F3 or whatever it is, they're going to be 
quite knowledgeable about it, let's be honest. Or you've fallen asleep with the TV on and it's just come on. So I don't know if you found this as well, Jack. Like, in terms of if you make, I suppose when you're starting out, if you make one little mistake or whatever, you call something wrong, Twitter is on you. Like, people are just on you. Cause, and, and they hate you for it. It's like you completely destroyed their whole world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh, I don't, I don't you don't know make mistakes. Start with that. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I make a lot of mistakes. The, um, the worst is in Formula E, Dilbag Gill, who's the team principal of Mahindra, he like keeps count, honestly, every session. He'll come up to me after every session, like free practice one. He'll be like, you said Felix did this but that was actually nick or you know really? one of our, i'm just like yeah 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 like he really honestly keeps count honestly in fact i might have a um is there a tally chart somewhere no i think he dm'd me on instagram <laughs> oh my so this God. is 25th of april this is 10 a.m he says too many mistakes today jack lothra has a three grid penalty lynn started third yesterday and I don't oh know what that, God. I can't remember what, yeah, so he's picking me up on these things. God's and I replied God. saying, uh, Dilbag, I was terrible in qualifying. And I was actually that day. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so no, I don't get nervous. Um, I get nervous sometimes when I, when I get into my head and I think it's a big race or something. But mm. I definitely don't get nervous in the days leading up to it. Um, but it's different, different people get different, yeah. like Martin Brundle always talks about, the, the adrenaline rush he gets from live TV mm. and it, you know, almost replaces the racing driving part. Yeah. I don't get it. But then I think I just don't feel much as a person. You're just dead, right? dead In inside. The, just Yeah. Well, I, like, I'm sort of not taking the piss because, like, ha- Harry, as an example, you're sort of a theatre man and and that's, that's a requisite of it. And that was the worst. I did. I studied theatre. And I just, you know, I, I couldn't relate to these characters or someone I was playing. I would like play a comedy role, like no problem at all. But as soon as you're trying to sort of have any kind of empathy, yeah. I struggle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, you, um... genuinely. So so it makes sense why you would be nervous and I would not be. Are you a, I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. One of the other traits that I have that um, some other people don't have is um, I'm not a misser. Like if I if I go to if I go live abroad for three or four years, which I've done in the past, I can kind of get on with it without missing home too much. Are you, do you have that sort of trait as well? Like you just sort of get on with it. Yeah, I guess so. I think it's that. Um, I very much saying I live in the moment makes it sound a lot more uh, carpe diem than it's meant to. But I think it's just. I just think I'm just quite. I think I just have quite a narrow spectrum of of, uh, a narrow a narrow band of uh mental abilities basically and so i'm right in the moment usually and i forget to i forget other stuff i forget a lot yeah i'm I'm so with you Uh, so it's good to feel like we're bonding over our our our, our dead inside therapy yeah um (laughs) so I, obviously, you know motorsport, and and you don't get nervous there. Understandably, it's it's your bread and butter. But you've covered other stuff. You've done the Olympics, I think, both the Summer and the Winter Olympics, which is difficult because there's a lot in the Olympics. There's running and all sorts of other bits and pieces and cycling. It, did you find that challenging? Was it hard? Do you find it hard to adapt to different sports? It depends on what the sport is. So I did, and 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 you get quite. The problem with the Olympics, uh, well, there's okay. So overall, the problem with the Olympics is you're meant to be commentating for a general audience, right? Because no one's seen these sports before. But obviously, the hardcore people know the sports and they know you're getting it wrong, and so they give you loads of stick on Twitter. Um, I had a shocker at the Winter Olympics because I asked to do the ski cross and the snowboard cross, you know, the downhill racing stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, great, you're hired, great, awesome." And then you get out there, and they're like, "Oh, great, so you're doing all honestly like." weeks in advance a few weeks notice i was you're doing all of freestyle skiing and snowboarding it's like what like the half pipe like yeah yeah yeah. so suddenly i'm doing the like snowboard half pipe and snowboard slope style and uh i had to turn my twitter off because (laughs) basically it was going on so for an nbc in america for their sort of prime time show that they have at seven o'clock at night you sort of the olympics today thing that we have on the beat they had their proper commentators do it. But if you wanted to get up at 3 a.m. and watch it, 
you could do on the NBC app, and the NBC app took me. So I'm just there going, oh, what a lovely spin. <laughs> oh, he's gone upside down. You know, and like that kind of terrible nonsense. So, I, so it, was, it was a combination of me being bad and unprepared, but also it was the hardcore Colorado, uh, you know, Aspen audience that were listening. And yeah, it was happy. just a yeah. disaster. Um, so that was, that was a very sad, that was, that was a very sad, tough month. <laughs> But the the Summer Olympics are great. Like, I did handball for all of um, uh, Rio. Did the whole handball tournament. And it's just football with hands, isn't it? But, and, uh, you know, there's slightly different rules. But the kind of principles of how you would commentate on it are the same as commentating on football. So you've got to learn the rules and then away you go. Yeah. <laughs> and now, what did you do in the summer just gone? Did you do the Olympics as well, this one? Yeah, but I only... So this one I only... Because it's... Uh, clashed with um formula e somewhere london okay. a couple of formula e's that um uh i was basically doing continuity for eurosport so on eurosport if you're watching eurosport one at uh 3 a.m then when the swimming finished you got me going well that was some great swimming <laughs> now let's go to the shooting you know it was, it was that yeah. so it was uh it was fun. I really enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, I just got, I just sort of sat there for eight hours watching Olympics, which I never really do. Oh, fair enough. Well, pays the bills as well, <laughs> I suppose. A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsor, Rodin Cars. Rodin are a bespoke formula-style supercar manufacturer based in New Zealand. With their vehicle offering, this is the only place where you can truly live the F1 lifestyle. With the easy-to-run, easy-to-maintain, and even easier-to-drive Rodin FZ, you can live the dream of hunting down those final tenths of lap time whilst being fully supported by the team at Rodin, who will provide you with after-sale care, storage options, exclusive use of their incredible track in New Zealand, and courtesy of Formula Racing Team High Tech Grand Prix, will run, set up and maintain your vehicle on and off the track. The Rodin FZ is a vehicle like no other, perfect for any true car aficionado in search for that elite performance. To find out more, head to rodin-cars.com. That brings us nicely on, actually, to a a bit of Formula E. Before we get into Formula E, because naturally you are the lead commentator for that, I think now is the perfect time to quiz you on your Formula E knowledge from the last season uh, and then we'll dive into Formula E. So, These cushions keep appearing above my head and it's really annoying. (laughs) I go there and then they they do. It looks like the mountains in the background. (laughs) Just about get away with it. Uh, Welcome, Jack Nichols, to Motormouth, the hardest quiz in motorsport um, because sometimes I get the answers wrong because I'm I'm just going off Wikipedia here. Um, But we're going to give you the exact same questions that we gave Vernon Kerr who came on a few weeks ago. Do I have um, to do a, a, a survey says gag? Or, or? <laughs> no, you're fine. I mean, if you feel like it, go for it, but no pressure on that. Uh, basically, though, we've got... Uh, there's four questions and a bonus question. Um, there are four clips that we're going to play you. They're all team radio clips and, and bits of sort of audio from Formula E. And uh, you're going to listen to them and then basically just give 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 us the context. Okay. And, uh, and if I like what you've said, then I'll give you the points. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Uh, let's see. Let's do it. All right, Tim. You got the first one ready? I do indeed. Here we go. Do it. The light's going out like that. I said, I really hope that doesn't happen in the race. Okay. So, who was that and what they're talking about and where? So, it was Sam Bird. Yeah. Yep. Good start. With the lights going out like that, I really hope it doesn't happen in the race. So, I'll tell you, these are all from this season. So, we're not going way back. So, So that might happen. So, at some point... So at some point this season, the lights doing yeah. the practice starts have not worked, or or is it, is it when Turvey's had a had his shunt in Rome and the practice start? I have no idea. It's Sam Bird. I, I've got. It's Sam Bird. You're right with that. It's if if I said if I said Diria, would that help? Oh, is it when it all when we turned all the lights off? Yeah. oh i should have got that yeah 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 oh i'll give you well you get the point for saying sam bird and i'll give you a half a point for getting the rest of of that after many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dearie. Oh, so one and a half. So got ground to make up That feels here. generous, uh, honestly. That feels generous. Uh, it does feel generous. It is. I feel like we it should... is, but honestly. I like... feel like you told me what yeah. the yeah, thing was. And then I, I am... said it and you said half a point. I am being jealous only because uh, if, I mean, you could be right down. I mean, Nikki Shields got five and a half points out of a possible... But we need Actually, someone no. We need someone to replace Karin Chandok at the bottom of the list. So I think... Yeah, we, he got I three think, and a half. I think we so, got... Um, did, well, did you quiz Karin on Formula E? No, on his own career, we quizzed, we quizzed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, there was not much worth remembering, is there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cut that one up and pick it on social. Oh, oh, ouch. Yeah, well, to be fair, it was a different scoring system back then, I think, but it still wasn't good. Okay, okay um, anyway, anyway. Okay, sorry. On, okay, okay second, here's a here's second clip for you. Have a listen to this. Here it is. I'm not going to make it. Oh, my God. Oh, my... F- it's over. I'm done. Same for most of the cast, you know. I reckon, I reckon that's DaCosta when Lotterer puts him in the wall in London. Do you want to hear it one more time? Yes, because clearly I was wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Oh, my God. Oh, my... F- it's over. I'm done. Same for most of the cast, you know. So right at the start of that, he says, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. So... When did DaCosta... You're right, you're right with DaCosta. You're right with DaCosta. Yeah. When did DaCosta... Oh, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> Vernon had this in one. Did he? He did. He did. Where did Vernon go, actually? <sighs> Vernon got 11 points out of, out of 14. There's three up for each. There's three up for grabs, I should have said, for I'm each not day. Gonna, right, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Oh, do you want a clue? Or is that gonna no. Be don't, don't give no. him a clue. I'm, I'm, no. I'm enjoying this. Has he... <laughs> did he miss the... Has he? Did he? he miss, did he miss the the qualifying once because of all the group shenanigans? I'm not going to make it. Did he run out of energy? The clock I is ticking. Know. He's, I don't know. What was one of the most Harry, controversial? No, no more year? clues. <laughs> Just trying to. No, I don't know what. Uh, what happened no, all right, so one? that was from Valencia this year. Uh, too late. Too late. Come on. <laughs> This is not looking good. Like, I'm not, I'm not, oh, that's one point. That's all it is. Forget the cost, I'm afraid, on that one. So uh, it's two and a half points at the moment. It's You've got to get full points for the rest of this uh, quiz. This is what I mean about my memory. I have no recollection of these <laughs> Right. All right, here's your third clip. Have a listen to this. Here it comes. Pretty, uh, I think we're doing, we shouldn't be having a race now, should we? We should be getting involved. <laughs> it's an interesting scene. It's been a while since we've been in a club, eh? Mm. So it's okay. The... I'm going. I'm going. Yep. Tom Blomquist on the grid in London when they're doing that disco song. He's got it. Three yes. out of three. Yes. Yes. Well done. Great. Back Great. in the mix. Back in the and mix. And you know what? Are these I... all from that best of team radio? Usually, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't watch that. <laughs> well, that's the only way you find any any form yeah. of clips. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? Because I I did ask Vernon this question as well, and I gave him an extra point for it. So I feel like I'll give you this as well. Who was the singer before the London E Prix? Who was doing all, all all the build up before the race? Matt Ray. Yes. Yeah. That gets to an extra point. Okay. There we go. Right. We've got one more uh, clip for you, and then a bonus question. So uh, still time. Time to make up some points. Here's your final clip, though. Easy one. Unbelievable. That's 
said, you got it, mate. You got it. Hey, I'm sorry to say, but I'm really disappointed with the driving standard. Fucking hell. Is that, is that Nick complaining after Berlin when he wins the title? Yeah. Absolutely correct. Yes. Right. That's a full three points. Okay. Out. All right. Strong end there, Jack. Strong end. Yeah, 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 Here's yeah. your bonus question, though, for one more point. Can you tell me, and this is according to Wikipedia, I have this answer. So how old is Dario Franchitti? Oh, no. <laughs> if it's any consolation, Vernon got this wrong. Oh. I think he's 30. Wow. No, what well, I'm talking shit. <laughs> no, what am I talking about? 43. Oh. Oh. Mm, I've got 48 written down on... Oh, that's what I... <laughs> I was so confident it was 38. I was like, 38? 38. And then oh, I was yeah, like, well, the... obviously it can't be. But obviously I meant 48. Oh, oh. That's a shame. Vernon said he was 50. So uh, he's, oh, you've both gone either 48, side Because I looked yeah. it up the other day. It's a real shame, that. But all right, let me do the maths. This is going to be mid to lower. Oh, well, well you, you saved it a little bit towards the end. So Vernon got 11, which, I which yeah. that only put him in the top 15, <laughs> to be honest, because we've had yeah. so many people on this. So you've got. Uh, wait, let me do that one. Oh. He, he so Okay, cares. you've got nine and a half points. I don't care. <laughs> Well, I do. Um, and that puts you just below <laughs> David Coulthard, I'm afraid. Uh, so you were picked uh, by him. Who am I above? You're above uh, Thierry Neville, Tom Chilton, Johnny Herbert, Jack Aitken. Uh, you're, you're at the you're towards the bottom end. I'm afraid a lot of the Formula E drivers have beaten you. Nick Cassidy, Boemi, Roland, Mortara, Gutierrez. To be fair, Randall, a lot of people have beaten you. They've all beaten you. Yeah. Um, only by a couple of points, though, but that does... That does it doesn't private. matter, does it? Yeah. But anyway, thank you for playing the hardest yes. quiz in motorsport. Uh, we'll great. move on now. Should we talk about Formula E a little bit? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know anything about it. That was brilliant. <laughs> that was one of my favourite quizzes yet. Let, let's talk Let's talk about Formula E. Um, now, one of the things I'm interested in is that, well, Formula E, as we all know, is, is uber competitive. It's up and down the grid, separated by basically nothing. Do you think Formula E is going to stay that way? We've got the new cars coming in, the Gen 3 cars, or is it going to tilt more towards sort of Formula 1 model, I suppose, where the, the bigger budgets, the bigger teams tend to rise to the top? I think that Formula E is a very complex animal in that case because it isn't directly correlated at the moment with how much money you spend is, is how much you win. Um it, I, don't, I don't see it getting less competitive because because the the, the, the the gains are so small anyway and um, the tracks are so short and things like that mean that the competitive order is going to remain close. I think that it, it, is, it is deceivingly close, sometimes Formula E, because of the nature of the qualifying format. I think if you had sort of standard qualifying, you would see that Mercedes, DS, maybe, um, well, yeah, Mercedes, DS, and Jaguar would probably be the, the quickest three. Mm. And then suddenly they'd be the big three in the same way that in the first years of Formula E, it was Renault and Audi that were the big two, and then DS came in. So, uh, or to Cheetah, I should say, back then. Um, so I think that uh, that's the that's the kind of situation there, because mm. I think there is more of a pecking order than than, than there appears to be. Uh, and, but I don't think it'll get... It's not going to get massively different like F1. Mm. Um, and even if you saw a team dominate, it wouldn't be domination to the same level because of the amount of data that's yeah. just not available in, in Formula E, I think. Yeah, mm. no, And sure. that's what, that, what sort of keeps it half, half entertaining, really, or fully entertaining, that, that not having the same, you know, outright results that you can almost predict in Formula 1 a little bit. But, um, and also, you know, it, it can be a, a bit touring car-esque as well sometimes when they're racing around. But mm. I think that's quite fun. But when, I mean, Formula E has come a long way in, what, seven years since it's been going. When you first joined, what, what did you think about it? Were you a bit sceptical or were you just like, yeah, it looks like a bit of fun, I'll go for it? I was 
I don't know if I was, I don't, I, I don't know if I was skeptical. I was not like, I, I wasn't skeptical. I wasn't like, oh, this will never work. This is so stupid. But I was a bit like, okay, let's see what happens. It's, it's a, it's a, I'm 23. It's a job, you know, like genuinely like. It's, wow, you were 23 when you got that. Yeah, I must have been like. Wow. 20. Uh, yes, the fir- I was 24 for the first race, but I was um, I was 23 when I got sort of when I did the car launch in uh, the year before it started. I was mm. I was 23, so yeah. So when you're 23 and they say, "Do you want to do this international motorsport yeah. series that's going to be on ITV?" You go, mm-hmm. "Yeah, please, thanks, that'd be great." <laughs> and uh, and so I didn't really almost I never spent too much time being skeptical or worrying about being skeptical or, you know, because I, I don't know. Do, 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 you know. do you know what I mean? It yeah. never really, and also when you're 23, you're just not skeptical about stuff. You're just now I'm probably the job, skeptical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, I was very excited and it sounded really cool and it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, and it was all up in the air and how many cars they're going to have, are the cars going to get to the end of the race or the cars going to break down and some going to, Dying an electrical fire, you know, all these questions, you just had no no idea what the answer was. It was an unknown, but I was never particularly, you know, against it as a as, as a concept. And I love an engine as much as the, the yeah. next person. You know, I, I love an engine. And Formary isn't screaming and, and making a noise, but it didn't really it didn't really bother me. I still think and I suppose that. it really put it on the map in that first race with the big crash with Heidfeld and Prost, that probably suddenly skyrocketed it. Your voice screaming over that over the next uh, few weeks or whatever. That made BBC News, I mm, think, as well. Huge. Yeah. Did it? Uh, oh, yeah, it did, actually. You're right. It was on yeah. like, the news at 10. That's the worst commentary of my life. <laughs> I'm living with it because it gets played around all around the yeah. world and stuff. And he goes, and I thought he was, I thought he was a goner, honestly, Heidfeld. He goes head first into that barrier. And I was like, oh, this is really bad. And it was like, I remember being told, just say what you see. Mm. So I just said, that's an accident. <laughs> and like, uh, that's all I shouted. I was like, that's an accident. <laughs> but Nick Hyde is terrible. But it's obviously the most played clip in, yeah. you know, the history of Formula E. So <laughs> it's very annoying when those things happen. But yeah, it put it, it put it on the map. I don't know. It put it, I'm always, I'm always, and you'll never know, but. Uh, it put it on the map but did it make any difference to the future of the championship I honestly don't know because for all the people that watched and saw that crash on BBC News how many of that how many of those people were converted into Formula E fans or you know had more of an awareness about it I don't know but that's you know that's my whole I've no idea how marketing works, but uh, it was certainly a big moment. It's it's and it got everyone's attention. It certainly did, and it, it's come an awful long way, hasn't it? Since those early days, you know, no more seeing drivers leap out of one car and into another. The, the cars are coming an awfully long way, and they, I, I was actually up at EVR last week, uh, actually earlier this week, and um, got up and close with their one of their cars, and they do look incredible. They're, they're fantastic looking machines. Let's quickly turn our attention to F1. There's one particular commentary I want to talk about because I happened to be on a, uh, I was in the car at the time listening to Five Live and I was listening to yourself and um, Jolien at Spa. And no joke, it was probably the best three or four hour drive I've ever had. <laughs> it was hilarious. That must that must have been a challenging few hours, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, in particular the chat about cheese what 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 goes through your mind when you've got that long to fill? What on earth do you do? Uh, I get it's quite easy. Chat like I like honestly like it just you're just sitting there and then you know you're waiting for the rain delay or you're waiting for this and and initially you start talking about the normal things and but then you run out of normal Formula One things to talk about and no one wants to. Here you have a serious debate on the well, some people do and they email in, but you know, a serious debate on the future of powertrains or what should you know, should they drop the MGUH? Oh, come on, give me a break. So we just chat about whatever comes up, and the listeners are great on that because they'll they'll tweet things in and and talk about things and and the cheese stuff as an example. I can't even remember where it came from. I think uh 
I can't even remember how it started, but I we can't. got chatting about cheese and then Palmer didn't like cheese <laughs> or doesn't like, he just likes British cheese, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with British cheese, but he just needs to expand his horizons a little bit. Anyway, we got into that. We got into what is a parabola? What is a, um, what else? I can't really remember what else, but oh, oh we found out Jolion played chess at a county yes, level yes, right. when he was nine. It was just, you know, you just have it. You just honestly, those ones are the easiest because you're just sitting there having a chat with your, with your mate, really. And, um, that, that's and the thing, actually. And you're not. I, I'm just going to just say that Jolian, it must help having him alongside you. Because I, I mean, having listened to him quite a lot this year, actually, recently, he's, he's a bit of a, he's one of the best pundits, I would say, but driver turn commentator. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the best by far. One of the best by far. That's a nice little, I think he's the best by far. Uh, I think Anthony Davidson's very good. I th- well, yeah. no, I'm not going to start listing them because then I won't say someone. And, <laughs> exactly. and I love Karun. I love Karun. I, yeah. One of my biggest thrills, actually, at Silverstone at the British Grand Prix this year, obviously there was the crash. And I went up to Karun and I was like, oh, you know, what did you say about it? What do you think about it? He was like, oh, I should come over here. And he took me to the Skypad and he gave me like my own little oh, no Skypad session. It was great. <laughs> and he was, and uh, so that was great fun. But, um, Yes, it's exactly. It's it's great having him and and Andrew Benson and Jenny Gow wasn't there, but you know she's a she's a friend of mine as well. And so it's just uh, yeah, you just chat about stuff. And also we're not beholden to we're on Five Live Sports Extra. That's the that's the other thing I love about doing the radio is the freedom because you know I just do it like and there's no one to <laughs> there's no one to stop me. There's no one to tell me not to do it. Really, like we have a producer. But he's up for it as well, and so away you go. Sometimes when I go a bit, if I go a bit uh, off the wall in right. Formula E, then I get a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, hmm, can we have less of that or a bit less of this? Because, you know, the the produce, you know, the, the you know, we're trying to be professional or whatever. So. I, th- I think maybe that's the difference though between radio and TV because exactly. radio is a bit more, it's a bit like podcasts, you know, they're a bit more friendly. People are sort of listening because they want to listen. It's a bit more wholesome and, and they don't mind a bit of randomness. It's, um, it's quite nice. I mean, like, and so- you're there to, and you're there to entertain more than to inform, I think on the radio, because on the TV you're watching it because you yeah. want to know what's happening in, in the race on the radio you want to know what's happening but you don't need to be told oh you're looking at this at this specific moment which on the tv every time the every time the shot changes on tv every time they go to follow a different car you've got to say right now we're looking at larry ten border i don't know why he's just come to mind but i gave you a little bit of Porsche stuff but um you know and you every single time you have to change on the radio they can do a whole onboard lap with George Russell. I don't have to talk about George Russell. Yeah. Because, you know, whereas on the TV you you do because it's the it's the sort of um you know the 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 the, the mixing of the oh this is terrible talking. The the combination, the combination of the audio and the visual is what creates the thing. And yeah. so you you're beholden to commentate on what they're showing you, which is fine. And uh, I love Formula E because I've worked with the producer and director for 10 years and, and they're great and I usually know exactly where they're going and it's great, but I still have to follow them, whereas radio is just yeah. do what you want. Yeah. Mm. No, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, um, we're uh, we're already, unbelievably, at 43 minutes, so we're going to have to skip forward a little bit. Um, I want to know from you, what are you absolutely shite at? Um, drawing. Mm-hmm. Drawing very bad. Um, uh remembering things which yeah. is ironic because i'm struggling to think of what but like that formula e thing like when you were like biggest controversy of the formula e season no idea no i don't know yeah. i don't remember a controversy <laughs> no <I see. laughs> you say valencia and then i remember so remembering things drawing um uh what else i don't know that's, I, that's good I, enough will, will, no, okay. will buxton incidentally fantastic at drawing very, very yeah. talented artist. He's a bit of an he's a bit of an artiste, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's flip that on his head then. Apart from commentary, what are you excellent at? Any hidden talents? No, like, what, honestly, what, I'm not excellent. No, no musical instrument or anything. Or? Drum kit. I, yeah, there's a there's a oh, look. I dabble in music in terms of I'm teaching myself the drums. I oh, taught cool. myself piano. I play some guitar. Ah, oh, there you go. But but like but they, you, but you said excellent like I'm absolutely not excellent, <laughs> average at best. Yeah, average. Yes, I would say av- 
uh, I've always said if, if a band wanted someone to play rhythm guitar and do backing vocals, I think I'd genuinely be fucking great at that mm. because I can strum along the chords. I can go, ah, <laughs> C, and D, I think I'd be great G. at that. But, but it's quite a niche uh, desire. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but we we were thinking about setting up a, a motormouth band because Harry with his thespian antics. I've got an album. There's loads of people that can play instruments. We could have a really bad, or no, we could have an average band. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. should we could do the national anthem after uh, after every race. Bad. Oh, that national anthem in <laughs> was it Austria where they just shredded it. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Was it Austria? I think it was Austria. It feels like an Austrian. Thing. Probably, yeah. It feels like an Austrian thing. <laughs> Um, we have uh, a final three questions which we're going to sling at you which are brought to you and how many points for these none no points yeah. for these no <laughs> none points. I'm afraid zero points <laughs> yeah I need them <laughs> um, these are brought to you by our friends at F1 Experiences before I come on to them I'm going to ask you our, our weird question because I'm curious as to what, what will come out of your mouth um, if you could have feathers or scales what would you have and why all over your body feathers scales are rank Scales are rank, yeah. You just don't want to be, you don't want to just be slippery. You just, you'd just rather be a bit stuffy. <laughs> slippery scales, yeah. That's a fair, it's a fair shout. Yeah. Who's picking scales? Uh, I've had a couple. No, Tom Who Ch- picked scales? Yeah, I think Tom Chirrut did, didn't he? Because he, he said he could sw- he could swim. <laughs> I don't really think we fast. asked him that. Although we need to go back and do yeah. and ask him. I think I feel like someone like Tom Chilton did. said like scales yeah. or something like that. Someone like him, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, but apart from feathers, then um, what has got you excited at the moment? Oh, this is such a... F1. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a lame thing. Like, I'm so into F1 at the moment because my whole career of doing F1, I started in 2014, the year of the, the first year of hybrids. Oh, right. So I've only ever done Mercedes domination in F1. And even then, you, you get a little bit of a flirting from Ferrari with their dodgy engines and you go, oh, and then, oh, oh. But this year is just such a proper year of F1 and maybe one of the best seasons of F1 in history that I am just absolutely loving covering it. And I, that sounds like such a lame answer. I'm trying to think of no. something else. What am I excited about? No. I just built a... Um, I uh, spent the last two days building a shed for Kings Langley Football Club uh, because to be the uh, the club shop, basically. For, so... Yeah, I went to, I got a van, went to Enfield, picked it up, found it on Gumtree for a fiver, built it, fixed fixed the floors, started the roof again. And there we go. So I'm really, and after we finish this, I'm going back up to to paint it. Wow. Well, giving back is what we like. Um, Second question for you of our final three. What are you scared of? Uh, Flying. Mm. Really? Like like commercial flying or actually flying a plane? Sorry, what's what's like? The, sorry, like mean, just being. Uh, in yeah, a, in I'm a scared of jumping or... off a building and trying to fly. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I no, I meant like just sitting in a plane as a passenger, or like actually flying a plane. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I'd probably I'd probably be less scared if I was flying the plane. But yeah, commercial flying, oh, it terrifies me. So, I mean... I've, oh, it's I've, a big inconvenience. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this year probably a bit different than last year with COVID and all that, but uh, the many years that have gone by and you've just about made it. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just... I. But you, you know, you... You, you take, a, take a pill and sleep or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, the, take the wine, all the wine and the a wine. pill. And neck pillow, I'm up, and then just pretend <laughs> it's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> I had a horrible one. Coming back from Valencia today, um, this season... Uh, I had to go via Portugal and honestly it was this little turbo prop and we're bouncing it oh it's just terrifying yeah it's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's it's the, never fun, really, when you get something like that. That's the first time we've had that, you know, in nearly 100 episodes. Like, yeah. It's weird. We've had, I mean, uh, Sebastian Buemi is uh, scared of sharks, apparently, which I found yeah. hilarious, because um, I'm not sure there are many in Switzerland. But, well, that's um, the thing with being scared. Like, I'm obviously scared of, like, I'm scared of, uh, I, I don't know, hurricanes or <laughs> yeah, a lot of them shot in the head. You know, but like these things aren't something yeah, you come yeah. across. No, yeah, When's no. Seb coming across sharks? Well, <laughs> well, maybe yeah. Um, hey, I, 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 I haven't brought this one up for a while, but uh, my I've got a phobia of uh, collections of tiny holes. So how do you like? Do you ever? Is this going to be a sieve gag? Uh, I don't mind a sieve, but if if it's like a, a, a cheese grater, cheese grater, yeah, not great. A sm- a sponge. 
not good. There's there's also there's a horrible there's What's a horrible going to do to you. There's, like, I know there's a horrible picture online of someone's oh someone's foot with these like tiny little perforations and holes all over and it like acupuncture. No, it's like there, there's this picture. If you t- it's an actual phobia. I can't remember what it's called. But it, it, there's a picture of someone's foot on the internet when you type in this phobia, and it's it's got l- like hundreds of holes in their foot. And honestly, it makes me want to throw up. I, it, and it makes my whole I, my skin's tingling now. It's a really odd thing, but it's very common. I'm not the only one. A couple of our guests have had it. But uh, mm. you should test yourself out. You should Google tiny holes and see what your reaction is. <laughs> In fact, you might get something else. Maybe <laughs> have fun with that. Multiple <laughs> tiny holes. But yeah, that's my one. Weird. Um, God, we'll we'll wrap it up then with the final question to throw at you, Jack. Um, Favourite racing destination of the Formula One or Formula E calendar or both? This one's impossible. It's honestly so impossible. I will have to. I will have to go. I think I have to go. Ah, uh, I don't know. I will go. Austin or Monza? Yeah, I knew. Austin or Monza? I knew you were going to say Austin. I agree. Because I absolutely love Monza. Just I love Italy. I love Monza, and you stay up on Lake Como, and oh, it's just wonderful. And I just love the track Monza so much. Austin, the track's all right. It's pretty good, but then Austin as a city's phenomenal. But yeah. then Hong Kong. I loved Hong Kong when Formula E used to oh, go yeah. there. Oh, New York! Like Formula E races in New York. Yeah. Like it's, this is just stupid question. I you get, have no you get idea. the best of you get the best of both by doing F one and F E. Really, oh, Formula E is just the best. Honestly, Formula E is a joke in terms of like <laughs> just. But next year, going to Cape Town and then the races in Cape Town. That's yeah. the thing with Formula One. So many places, Shanghai. Your miles outside of Shanghai, yeah. so you don't really get to go to Shanghai. You can go to Shanghai once, but uh, Hong Kong, Formula E. You just you you just stay right in, in Hong Kong and you're right in it. Being right in it is phenomenal, and that's why Austin is good because. You're very, very close to being right in it. And then Austin's so cool. Yeah. Mm. yeah Sounds amazing. Um, well, look, Jack, we've taken up more than enough of your time. So thank you so much, uh, Jack Nichols, BBC F1 and Formula E commentator for coming on to the Motormouth podcast. You're welcome. Was I going to say something there? Sorry, thank you for having me. That, I'll was that that the end? Yeah, that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. And cut. <laughs> Before you go, one final reminder to check out Rodin Cars. Forget a one-off experience. With Rodin and the Rodin FZ, you can become and live the life of an elite performance driver. With your very own Rodin FZ, you'll be able to drive a truly remarkable supercar. Hunt down lap time and search for ultimate performance. A solo cockpit, but never alone. With Rodin's incredible after-sale partnership, you'll be looked after on and off track with an official formula racing team running and maintaining your vehicle and as an exclusive owner of a rodent car you'll get exclusive access to their circuit in new zealand so what are you waiting for to find out how you can own the f1 lifestyle find the perfect racing line enjoy the thrill of a roaring engine and experience the purity of driving visit rodent-cars.com thank you so much for listening to the motormouth podcast do make sure you give us a follow on our socials twitter at motormouth underscore instagram at motormouth underscore official and facebook just search motormouth you can also download the motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from mmtv create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.